Hi, my name is Elijah, and I have the privilege to serve as the creative pastor here at City Life Church. We just wanted to quickly thank you. Thank you for tuning in wherever you may be watching from. Hey, if you haven't already, please go ahead and click the like and subscribe button. We believe that God has an amazing word for you today. So let's jump into today's message. I want to jump into the word. We're in this 10 days of prayer and fasting. And me and Pastor Casey believed that uh, God was calling us to a fast. And I really felt the number 10 in my spirit. And I began to look at the number 10. The, the word 10 represents order in the kingdom. And I'm truly believing that God is wanting to bring order to some of our worlds. For some of us, it's our private world. It's not the public arena. It's that private place. For some, he's aligning right now. And how many believe God is taking you to a new season of assignment? Well, if you're going to go to a new season of assignment, there always has to be a new season of alignment because God always aligns what he assigns. And you will never walk into a new season of assignment without a season of alignment. He aligned you with his word, with his promise, what he's doing in the kingdom at this hour because we're not just the a church, we're part of the church. And we are people called to the family of God to walk in the purpose of God. So he's aligning us. And I really believe that 10 days, we've done 21 day fast, 14 day fast, but I really sense that we were doing 10 days and then come and have a night of worship in the word and a night of breakthrough and we're going to do that on Wednesday. But I was looking at Matthew chapter 6, and as you go there, I want to speak from the subject, pray like this. Pray like this. Jesus is setting his disciples up for success. How many of you know everything in the kingdom is a setup? The Old Testament is set up for a New Testament. Every major prophet, every minor prophet was setting up the coming of the Messiah. Matter of fact, the Father starts in the book of Genesis and puts the, the kingdom on notice that there is coming one. And every word of the Old Testament is set up for Jesus' arrival, the Messiah to come. And what you have to understand, your today is setting you up for your tomorrow. Where you are at today is a, a direct reflection on where you have been. And when you realize that God was setting these disciples up so they could be world changers, because he was setting them up that when he was not there physically, they would have the revelation that he was there in spirit and in their spirit. He would, he would have to groom them and mold them and teach them and give them kingdom principles and keys to live by. Because as long as he was there, they were good. They would walk on water, break bread, feed 5,000 people. They were, they were ready. But when Jesus was gone, they were in trouble. Anybody feel like on Sunday mornings at City Life Church, you can conquer mountains? But then on Tuesday, you feel like, Lord, are you hearing my prayers? Come on, we're all human. But there's something that happens when you get in corporate worship and corporate atmosphere. But the keys to living a successful life is when you know that when I go home from this house, he's in my house. And when I go to work, he's there. You said, oh, pastor, not at my work. Oh, he's even at your work. Boy, you have to understand he gives you keys to set you up for success. And he's beginning to teach the disciples how to pray. He didn't say if you pray, he said when you pray. He said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. I love that. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory 
forever. Amen. Jesus began to teach his disciples how to live an overcoming life, how to walk as the head and not the tail, how to walk blessed and covered and marked, how to be who God had called them to be in the earth and change the world with the gospel message. It started with a handful, now over a billion people on planet earth carry the gospel and are led by the spirit of God. But it didn't start that way. It was a ragtag group of disciples. But Jesus was setting them up for success. They had all kinds of issues. Matter of fact, Peter would deny that he even knew Jesus. John had all these insecurities, always had to be right close to Jesus. I mean, just like us, I'm thankful that God used people in the Bible that were not perfect. Any perfect people in the room today? If so, we need to trade spots because I need some revelation. But he took people that had flaws and empowered them by his spirit to live an overcoming life. He was setting them up for success. And he said, when you pray, pray like this. He said, when you enter the presence of God, don't just come with a wish list. Sometimes I feel like we think God is this big Santa Claus in the sky. Now he wants to meet your needs. And he desires to meet you. As a matter of fact, he knows before you ever ask what you need. But we think he's just this big, you know, Santa Claus in the sky, almost like we're putting a coin and going to hit a lottery. You know, I mean, but, but he says, when you enter, come in a posture of worship. He said, when you walk into the Father's presence, come boldly, but walk in in a posture of worship. Come declaring our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Verse 9. He said, your name is holy. You lack nothing. Everything I need is found in you. He said, when you come into the Father's presence, come in in a posture of worship. Why? Worship gets his attention. One writer said, worship is God's address. It's the place he lives. He said, when you walk into his presence, come in in an attitude and a posture of worship. He said, if you will come in in a posture of worship, it sets you up for petition. He said, that's when you can begin to ask. Ask what you need. Matter of fact, he said in uh, verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here it is, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. He said, when you come into a posture of worship, I'm telling you, worship does something into me. Worship does something in my heart. It allows me to invite his kingdom to come rather than my plan. It it allows his kingdom to be established and his will to be done rather than what I desire. I'm telling you, that's when he said, then you can ask for your daily bread, your daily provision. I am telling you this, when God's kingdom comes in your life, many times what you thought you had to have is not what you need. And what you thought you had to get to was not really God's plan for your life. He said, but I want to first invite his kingdom in and his will to come. How many know that's what Jesus did? We just worshiped in communion. Jesus walked in a garden, there was a cross before him, and he declared this, Father, not my will, thine be done. He knew he had to pick up a cross, but all of a sudden the will of the Father and the kingdom connected him to resurrection power. And there are some of you right now, you're, you're dragging a cross and you're fighting a battle, but he wants you in the coming of his kingdom to understand there is resurrection power and authority for your life. He, he said you can ask, but he said in your asking, invite his kingdom and his purpose and his plan into your life. And then you can say, Father, whatever I need today, I know you've already provided. Give me my daily bread. What I need today to get through the day. I'm telling you, God wants you to come to him. And it is his good pleasure to bless his children. You can bring your list, your petition, as you come in a posture of worship. That's why Philippians chapter 4 says this. Be anxious for nothing. 
But in everything, you know what the word everything means? Everything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Here it is. And the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it will guard your heart and guard your mind through Christ Jesus. He said, don't worry about it. God's got this. He says, so when you come in prayer, know this, that there is a peace that will guard your heart and it will guard your mind. And there is a covering that you can walk in that when you do not understand and you can't trace God, you can still trust God. And when you cannot figure him out, you still know that he is on his throne and he is well able. He said, come asking, but come in a posture of worship. And then he said this, in your asking, make sure you take time to repent. If you will find the place of repentance, the Bible says that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord through repentance. It unlocks times of refreshing. I don't know about you, but I need to find this place, the place of repentance, because I'm human. That's why he said, my mercy is waiting on you brand new every day. That's why he gives us a grace that is all sufficient in every circumstance. So that as your journey unfolds and you fall, you get back up. That's why the Bible said a righteous man may fall seven times, but he shall arise again. That's why he says my mercy is always waiting on you every day. It's brand new and my grace is always sufficient. He said, I want you to pray and I want you to find the place of repentance. He said, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He said, if you will understand what repentance unlocks in your life, because it brings you to a place of humility, and those that are humble, I exalt, and those that go low, I raise up. He said, find a place of repentance. And then here, one of the requirements is to listen for the voice of God. I, I'm a talker. I can talk. I'm not a great listener. Pastor Casey's a great listener. Matter of fact, she can look you in the eye. You can start telling your story. I can go to the grocery store, get my oil changed, come back two hours later, and she's still locked in. <laughs> Not me. About four minutes in, ADD kicks in. I mean, you're telling me about being at the edge of the cliff, and I'm like looking all around. I mean, I, you know, it's not that I don't love you. I do. That's why sometimes I say, you need to go see Pastor Bobby, the counselor. I just love on you, give you a high five, tell you it's going to be all right. God's got this. But I got to discipline myself to hear the voice of God. I have to sit and meditate. Say, Father, I've asked, I've declared, I've worshiped. Now, what are you saying? And I find he speaks over three areas of my life. Many times he gives me memories and he speaks of my past. Some of those memories are grand, man. They're, they're testimonies. I can say, boy, it was right there you did that. I remember when you brought me out. I remember how you turned my midnight. But then there are memories he gives me that are buried places. That he said, if you're ever going to be who I've called you to be, you need to let me work in that area. That place you buried. That place that you've built a little fence around. He said, let me work in that area. You know, speak to me about my past, where I've been, the good, the bad, the ugly. And they don't speak to me about my present. 
Because I don't know about you, but I have present battles. I have some stuff going on right now that I need God to intervene in. And he begins to speak about my present. He reminds me that he's a very present help in a time of trouble. He reminds me of his timing is always perfect. He reminds me that he's working in my today. But then he begins to tell me about my tomorrow. He gives me dreams. I'm praying that in this 10 days, God unlocks a dream in you. For some, he rekindles a dream in you. A dream that he gave long ago, but it's been dormant. Or maybe you've put it on the shelf. See, dreams are those snapshots of God's provision and promise and providence over our life. But I'm also praying that he gives you vision. Because vision and dreams are different. Dreams are these snapshots of destiny. Vision is what gives you a plan to walk it out. It's what allows you to take the step of faith and be who God has called you to be. It's what allows you to enact a plan. So I'm praying in this 10 days for some of you, as God begins to align you, he bursts something in you. He unlocks a dream or he revisits a dream that he's already given you. And then he strategically begins to give you a vision and a plan and puts the right people around you because that's when he begins to speak about your prophetic tomorrow and he begins to scream at you in your present but your best is yet to come and your latter will be greater than your former and where you are right now is not the end of the story it's just part of the story it's just a chapter in the story I'm an alpha God and an omega God a beginning God and an ending God I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. He said, I want you to begin to hear my voice. Matter of fact, Matthew chapter 11, verse 15 says this. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Take your hands, put them on your ears. Now, these aren't the ears that the word of God is. It's talking about your spiritual ears, but this is, go ahead, put your hands up there. I know you feel silly right now, but everybody's doing it. You really all look silly, but uh, I'm just joking. Lord, I pray right now that our spirit ears would begin to hear what you're saying. Father, I pray that your voice would be so clear and the clarity of it would be so defined that we would not move to the right or the left, but we would look to you because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Speak, Holy Spirit. Speak not only now, but in days to come. Lead us and guide us by your word. Amen. Now take those hands and put them together and thank you for it. He said, listen, then next, you've got to act. You've got to activate your faith. You've got to take steps of faith. You can't just be a hearer of the word. You've got to be a doer of the word because the Bible said that if we are just a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, we only fool ourselves. We live, we live as fools in our journey. But he said, when you begin to activate the word of God and do what God has said and take that step of faith and rise up out of where you've been and believe God to be God and take Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 as what it says and said, Lord, you are able to do. I'm telling you, he's not only able, he's willing. He said to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you ever asked or thought. Why? Because there's a power working within me. It's all a setup. God's deposited in me so it can get out out of me and that's why I believe that his heavens are invading the earthly realm he said I want you to act upon your faith I want you to take steps of faith I'm believing that in this next season some of you are going to step into ministry some of you are going to start businesses some of you are going to unlock that dream and you're going to activate that dream and be who God has called you to be he said when you walk in walk in in a posture of worship while you're there tell him what you need while you're there I want you to listen for his voice I want to activate your faith but then he says this I want you to exit 
in a posture of worship. You say, well, pastor, didn't you tell us to come in in a posture of worship? Yes, but then he tells us to come out in a posture of declaration. He declares this. He says, when you leave, leave in a posture of worship. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. I've declared, Father, you have everything I need. I declare you have a plan and a provision. I declare you are holy and lack nothing. So, Father, now that I leave your place, I just declare you've got this. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. You're not bound in my today. You're not trapped in my yesterday. You are not lost in my tomorrow, but you are an alpha and an omega eternal God forever and forever all of a sudden I shout yes and amen I declare yes over it I put a stamp on it I declare you are willing and able to do exceedingly and I'm telling you God's about to turn some midnights in this room God's about to flip the script for somebody God's about to make some crooked places straight come on jump to your feet all over this room and put your hands together and give God a great praise Somebody shout yes. Woo. Sound like an army. Come on, somebody shout yes. Look at your neighbor say, God's got this. Look at your other neighbor, your second choice. Say, God's got this. God's about to flip the script. He's about to turn it. <laughs> Ooh, I just felt like declaring over somebody. Weeping only endures for a night. But joy is about to come. Joy is about to come. Joy is about to come. We're getting ready to pray. We're not going to turn to it, but read it when you get home. It's in your notes on the app. But Acts 16. The Bible said Paul and Silas, they were traveling around, evangelizing. The Bible said people were being healed. Demons were fleeing. And the Bible said they got beaten and thrown in prison. Sometimes you can be doing the right stuff. But still find yourself in a bad place. I'm telling you, just because you're a Christian does not mean you will never go through stuff. If anybody ever told you that, they lied. Or they were misinformed at best. The Bible says when it rains, the just and the unjust get wet. But here's what happens. The Bible said they were doing good stuff, walking out the gospel. And the Bible said they were beaten, locked in shackles, and thrown in prison. And the Bible said that something began to happen in this season. The Bible said it was dark. It was midnight. Now listen, midnight can be one of two places. It can be the darkest of the night. Or it can be the beginning of a brand new day. Because I find at midnight, I start a new day. At midnight, a million people will pack the square in New York City waiting for the mayor to hit a button and a ball to drop and they're going to go crazy in three degree weather because midnight has just struck and it's a new year. Midnight can be one or two places. It can be your darkest hour or the beginning of a brand new day. It's up to you. And the Bible said at midnight. At midnight, they begin to pray and they begin to praise. And the Bible says something happened. Prisoners begin to listen. Could it be that somebody in your family is waiting on you? Could it be that somebody in your neighborhood is waiting on you? Could it be somebody at the workplace or in the marketplace is waiting on you? Prisoners begin to listen. People that needed hope. 
Then the Bible said the jail began to shake. Doors begin to open. The Bible said shackles begin to fall off. The jailer ran in thinking the prisoners had escaped. And the Bible said he was going to pull his sword out and kill himself. Because he knew what would happen if he lost prisoners on his watch. He was going to kill himself in shame. Paul yelled out, hey, put your sword away. Come on in, we're just having church. The Bible said the jailer walked in and he asked this question, what must I do to be saved? Paul said, just believe. What are you talking about, believe? What kind of belief system are you? A belief system that allows you to pray at the midnight hour. A belief system that allows you to trust God when there seems to be no hope. A belief system that allows you to believe that he is seated high upon a throne. And when this world is shaking, he is steadfast. He said, just believe. The Bible said the same hour of the night, they were saved. His whole family was baptized. Revival hit the jailhouse. But it doesn't stop there. The Bible said he moved Paul and Silas from the jail to his house. Then the Bible said he began to feed them. He began to renew their strength. But that's not where it stopped. The Bible said that he did something. The Bible said he began to mend the stripes and clean the stripes that were on the back of Paul. Here's the revelation. He's the one that put them there. I've come to tell somebody when God begins to align things, the things that tried to destroy you in the last season are getting ready to lift you in the next season. The things that tried to take you out are getting ready to be a testimony. The ceilings of your life are about to be a platform. Oh, it's not for the weak need or the faint of heart, but it's for those that walk in and say, Father, I declare you are holy and you lack nothing. I invite your kingdom to come. And Father, I pray your will is established here on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I just trust you've got everything I need today. And Father, I release those that have hurt me because I have received forgiveness from you. And Father, I'm hearing your voice. So I just declare for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come quickly. Here's what I want you to do. If you're believing for a new season, a greater season. We're in a time of alignment. I don't want you to wait on your neighbor. I don't want you to see who else goes. But if you're believing for something greater, I'm not even going to ask the worship, to, the altar team to come today. I'm going to pray with you and declare with you. You say, well, Pastor, do I need to come to the front? Is there anything magical up there? No. All it's you saying is, Lord, I'm activating my faith. I'm stepping out of where I've been. I'm trusting that you're taking me somewhere. If that's you, I want you right now as they begin to lead us in worship, I want you to quickly get out from where you're standing and I want you to come and stand in this altar of faith and we're going to pray together. We're going to declare together. We're going to believe together that His kingdom is coming and His will is being done. Thank you so much for watching this message. We pray that it encouraged you. Our church is not built on one individual but on the sacrifice of so many. And so you being a part of that means so much to us. Our vision here at City Life is to reach the lost, help restore what has been broken, and to release people into their God-given purpose. If you would like to partner with us today, text GIVE to 844-311-1777 or visit our website. For more great content and messages, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also download our City Life app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram while you're at it. Our services are at 930 10:30 and 11:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'd love to have you be with us in person at one of our locations. And like we say here at City Life, go and be the city.